to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. This is episode 110, and we are the Who Dat Jedi Council. Aaron, Fredo, and Dave, how are we doing, guys? Doing just fine. How are you? All right. <laughs> Fredo. Yeah, okay. Hello. <laughs> Look, I'm still, I'm still pumping up. No, no. It's not lost. Well, he just froze up as he's making his joke. Um, so we'll just, we'll just keep on talking while he's frozen there and look at him. He's, he's still talking and he can't, he can't hear a word. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to, am I frozen still? Oh, you're not frozen anymore. We got all the swear words out. So, um, <laughs> okay. but here we are in, uh, in free agency guys. Um, we are not going to talk about, um, what quarterback we want. We're going to steer clear of that. Um, I, you know, we guess today Marcus Williams uh, went to Baltimore and it sounds like he is the happiest person on the planet. I think he was, I think it was probably one of those things where he liked the team, but maybe didn't like New Orleans. I don't know. It sounded like, I, you know, it's, it, I agree with Ralph from uh, uh, Saints Happy Hour podcast. That seemed like he just wanted to get the Bacanti. out of Dodge. Um, and I mean, you can't follow him. It's his career. <clears throat> so you know realistically this is the first chance he's had to choose where he wants to play his football so and you know you can't really hold that against them and i don't i don't mind if i've left jobs i've taken different jobs you know and it's like as long so it's like as long as you don't flame the city on the way out of town um (laughs) you're gonna be fine everybody's gonna like you and they're gonna cheer for you when we play the ravens you know next year i mean so but if you if you throw a tomato on the way out the door, then just heads up. So, uh, but don't be don't be Eli Apple. Yeah, right. Uh, but that also opens the door maybe for um, <clears throat> a return of a Louisiana in the Honey Badger. So this is all just very interesting right now. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because in years past, he's made Tyron Matthew has made comments about not wanting to play his football in New Orleans. Just from that, that was all related to the unfortunate, tragic uh, death of Joe McKnight, his uh, friend, another New Orleans football uh, yeah. star who tragically got killed years ago. So, uh, but I wonder if maybe as he's thinking about the latter part of his career, if he thinks, oh, maybe come back, play here. We'll see. But, you know, it's uh, I, I, I do, all I know is that. Um... I have to keep telling myself I am not in the room with of negotiations. I do not know the ledger sheet of the Saints, and I don't want Mickey Loomis's job. So just wake me up when it's over, and uh, there we go. Anyway, Dave, any any free agency thoughts? <clears throat> oh, way too many for this show, to be honest. Uh, That's the, what. Uh, I guess we're gonna have to start a Patreon so we can like have those lamentations you know. I, you know yeah yeah maybe so i don't know i put a poll up to see on the on the uh on the official huda jedi twitter uh to see if people like sports talk in general on the show so we'll see what people come back with with that but uh, uh maybe dude. that is an option if people come back and say no i don't want that then we can be like oh well maybe that is the payment yeah, it's, stuff it's, for it's the brief people who just do want it i mean it's brief how much how many times in the podcast do i fast forward through you know stuff so anyway. ads 
But uh, yeah. All right. Well, tonight we get to talk about, we've seen an Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, trailer. Um, and there's uh, several, several news items. So we're going to be, we're going to be hitting all those tonight. And uh, like I said, mainly, well, I guess it'll be about half news and then half about Obi-Wan. And uh, so I guess let's start off though with some trivia here. By the way, and in trivia, because we're going to be talking about the uh, Grand Inquisitor, I'm only, it's only about five days ago when I learned that the Grand Inquisitor is the same uh, species as the dude from episode three on Utapau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, never, I never realized that. Never realized that. So <clears throat> I don't know. I guess I didn't read the visual dictionary. Um, but it's the, uh, teeth. it's the teeth is the giveaway. Big, nasty, pointy teeth. Uh, all right. So, mm-hmm. Fredo, you get the first one. Oops. What city leads Jar Jar Binks to exclaim, Mmm, disin loverly? What city it's leads it. Jar Jar Binks to exclaim, Mmm, disin loverly? Is it Theed? It is Theed. Way to go. I would have said Yay. Coruscant. I was going to say Naboo City, and then I go, that's not its name. <laughs> I would have accepted it. All right, Dave. Oh, the first one I looked at. So here comes the softball. Are you ready to hit it out of the park? What language does Aunt Beru want her translator droid to speak? Now I'm second guessing it because it, it's a sport. Is it bocce? It is bocce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and that's okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pause before I give my question. But that's the thing that was um, I, that really stuck me. What Leslie said on um, when she was talking about her Star Wars experience, you know, a couple episodes ago, and how a lot of the stuff in Star Wars is just like you don't no exposition required. It's just like you know the droid goes beep 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 boop boop beep, and they go okay yeah I got you, and then, you know everybody just you know we don't have to explain how people can understand a droid or here it's like to make sure it speaks bocce it's like what's bocce i need to know the backstory for bo- it's just it's a language you know what i mean it was just i don't know better it's just interesting all right to my question um who claims his scars and deformities are due to the unsuccessful assassination attempt the what the attempt on my life has left me scarred well i guess it'd be emperor palpatine so, and uh, it says Chancellor Palpatine, but I'm going to give it to me. So, anyway, um, <clears throat> by the way, uh, on TNT the other day, it went from The Force Awakens right to The Rise of Skywalker. And so I was watching Rise of Skywalker again and realized that that's a movie of moments that I like and uh, many fast forwardable moments for me so far. Um, and I really wish they would have killed off Princess Leia in the crawl. That was a busy the, crawl, though. The, the the filming of that, I know they did what they could, and it was it you know it was admirable. But it's just it it, it seems like if you were it, it like the the Stephen Colbert um, interviews, you know, they're just it's just it's just awkward and weird. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I like about it. Um, and it what? I, 
Go ahead. I wrote an essay about this uh, a month or two back. Um, I was like, I've run, a, I've written an, a retrospective on all of the movies at this point, and so this was the one that I needed to do. And I just put it off and put it off and put it off because this is like, well, what am I going to say about this? Um, and I really think like more so than like maybe any other piece of Star Wars media that we have seen come out over the last 10 years or so, it's not for us. Um, and I think like, that's my biggest takeaway. It's just like, this is, this is for the next generation. This is not for us. Um, and so I think if you approach it from that mentality and then try to see the good in it, um, you can, you can get a lot out of it. I still, I still want to corner JJ Abrams. I'm still convinced that, um, when, when Ray, you know, uh, skewers, uh, Kylo Ren, on the Death Star, I'm still convinced that um, he is dead, and that it is Leia. Leia's life force is keeping him alive, and she is acting through him. Uh, because from that moment on, after you know, after he has his uh, you know talk with Han, um, so when he makes his decision and pretty much you know becomes Ben Solo again, you never hear a word. He doesn't. He doesn't speak another word of dialogue in the rest of that movie. He just cha- he just changes a sweater, and does a lot of smiling and and fighting, and you know he kind of goes he kind of grunts at one point. But when when he, he says does, the word "ow," yeah, when he does when he does die when he you know he you know disappears, that's when Leia disappears at the exact same time. So I think that I think we're seeing Leia's sacrifice for that last act, not Ben Solo's. That's that's my thought. I know it makes then everybody's going to go, oh, so she's kissing Leia at the end. Well, I, whatever. I don't think there should be a kiss anyway. But I think it's I think it's uh, Leia acting through. Um, me a hard time for the whole like Padme's getting her life force drained by Palpatine and like that theory and like from the other show the other day I was like I I don't know like how I feel about any of that right like now it's canon it's a thing like you can give your life force away mm-hmm. like now that's that's a thing now that we have to reconcile but that's why I think yeah. it was I think it was Leia acting through. I don't know. So. I don't know. I don't know if I'm feeling it personally. But yeah. again, to my point, I'm not feeling Rise of Skywalker in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um and I will say I watched Force Awakens before it and I love uh, I I really love Force Awakens uh, of the 3. I mean, it just and and we're going to talk about this when we talk about Kenobi because it's because I think the Kenobi trailer was the first time that I I said this looks like Star Wars and I'm not seeing a bunch of, you know, cameos and things. I mean, I see Ewan McGregor. Sure. But everything else, I mean, yeah, I see Lars Homestead. Maybe that's it. But all the other shots, it is like first time. It's like, this feels like Star Wars. And I think there's a lot of things to do with that, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, We got a bunch of news though. 
and Sofredo. Over to the news desk. Let's start. Yeah, let's start off with JJ Abrams' former writing partner, Damon Lindelof, because there's a rumor from reputable film reporter Jeff Snyder. He was reporting earlier this week, actually yesterday. He's hearing that Damon Lindelof, who co-created Lost with JJ Abrams, co-created The Leftovers, the HBO TV show and created the Watchmen HBO adaptation that he's working on a new Star Wars movie. Supposedly he's writing the project that there's no inclination, this according to Jeff Snyder, there's no indication if he's co-writing it or if he's directing it. There's, you know, at this point, there's just, the rumor is he's hearing Damon Lindelof is creating or working on a new Star Wars movie, which would be the first new Star Wars project rumored since um, I mean, right now we know that there, Patty Jenkins working on Rogue Squadron for next year. We know that Taika Waititi's right working on one. Kaz, I'm going pa- to pause you for a second because I was just going to say one of my favorite movies is All the President's Men. And I love the quote from Ben Bradley when they're talking about all these anonymous sources said, blankety blank, when is somebody going to go on the record on this dang story? And you're just listing them off. You said Patty Jenkins. We've got um, Taika Waititi. Um, Waititi and Kevin Feige. And Kevin Feige, and we haven't heard no as far as um, no. I mean, for Ryan Johnson, I mean that's still a possibility. Every I'm waiting for somebody to okay. We got a gazillion people making a Star Wars movie. Are they all working on the same one? Will somebody in Lucasfilm go on the damn record to, <laughs> to tell me when when something's coming out? So, I mean, I think I think we should find somebody to let it leak that uh, you know we're making a new star Wars movie and see how, how many, how much legs it gets. So just to run down some of the things that Lindelof has done. Cause I'm looking at his IMDB right now. Uh, in addition to lost, he uh, was a producer on Prometheus, Star Trek into darkness, Tomorrowland, uh, the Watchmen TV series, which is a nice feather in his cap. Um, a couple other things too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Lost was the big thing and Star Trek and he's worked with Abrams uh, several times. And I wonder if, if the apprehension about going on record is potentially putting themselves out there much in the same way that Disney put themselves out there with the whole Star Wars story idea, movie idea that we're going to get a you know Han Solo story, a uh, Boba Fett story, a Obi-Wan story and now one of them did happen and it didn't set the world on fire and the other two have become the book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus so but it makes me that... wonder if they're holding their cards close to avoid a repeat of a oh shoot we announced this and I now don't, I don't think it is... I don't think it's controversial to have your PR person get up and say oh yeah no we're not doing that thing anymore we're going to do this other thing or we're going to combine these two things to make this other thing to the new republic i mean just again just have somebody get out in front of a microphone or you know or call up entertainment weekly and say hey you know that thing that we announced back then yeah we're not doing that anymore and then you get a nice write-up about how transparent lucasfilm is being and the stuff that they're working on you know it's like i don't know it just seems goofy to me um i'll get get off my lawn anyway go ahead (laughs) (laughs) well so I'll move from that just right quick because, I mean, 
it is what it is. Well, if something's happening, we'll know soon. If nothing's happening, we'll know soon. Uh, there's something a bit more concrete, which is Lego Star Wars. The Skywalker Saga is coming out next month. Yay. And apparently they're already unveiling the character collection and downloadable content. So DLC kids, if, you, if you're spending 50 bucks, here's a way to spend another 25 more. So according to oh. this release... So according to this release, you're going to get a Mandalorian Season 2 character pack that's going to include Grogu, who you can't play, you cannot play, uh, Din Djarin, Grief Karga, Cara Dune, IG-11, Quill, and young, and then also you're going to get a solo character pack that includes young Han Solo, young Chewie, young Lando, Kira, Tobias Beckett, and Emphis Ness. Oh, and also, and then one last one is going to be a Rogue One Star Wars story pack. So you're going to get to play all these little characters like Jyn Erso, Bodhi Rook, Cassian Andor, K2SO. So it seems like, you know, not only are you going to get all the stuff that's going to come in, the, in the, all the previous games, but also if you're willing to spend a bit more money, Disney has more of your favorite characters that you can play with. Have you guys dabbled in the Lego games recently? Recently. Oh, not recently. Not no. recently. No. Yeah, yeah. This is this is par for the course. This is what they do. Um, so like, the way that we've rolled in this household has just been like find them on find the actual game on sale. Um, you know, spend twenty dollars or whatever on the game itself, then spend another twenty dollars or so on all the DLC stuff, and now you're actually at a decent price point instead of buying this thing on day one, spending $60 on it, and then feeling like you got to get all the DLC stuff too. Um, and it's hard, because like, we, um, with kids... Back in my day, you only had three quarters and you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but like with kids, they're like, I, you know, I want this batch of characters. That's what I want, you know? And so it's like, well, maybe that's coming out of your allowance money. That's how, that's how we often work yeah. those things here. But, um, you know, we yeah, really but... shy away from DLC stuff, but that's just, that's just the nature of things today. Well, yeah, they're going to have to make it. it it's mm -hmm. a, it, I mean, it's a genius, uh, business plan, you know, genius mm -hmm. business, business. Plan. Um, yeah. Cause it's not like they're going to make a new game. It's just, we're just giving you a little bit extra that we could have put in the game, but now we're just going to charge you maybe 20, 25 bucks more for five new characters, which you're going to want to play because you want to run around with little, you know, you know, Lego Dinjar and with baby Grogu behind them. Okay. So because you mentioned that uh, we're, we, we interrupt this broadcast. Um, my, uh, my, I got my birthday present from my brother-in-law and sister-in-law uh, the other day and I got, oh. I got, oh, but it gets it gets better. So, oh, come on. <laughs> you know what you gotta do, right, Aaron? You gotta get a satchel. You gotta put them in the satchel, and whenever you're armored for the 501st, you gotta show it to kids, and then 
Every now and then punch it. I, well, you know, there's actually, that's why I, I thought about that. It's like, gotta get. we told the guy who dresses up as a biker scout, you need a Grogu to put in a bag and then, you know, just punch him every now and again. But anyway, no, yeah, everybody, that was, uh, that was Grogu. You get jumped by all the kids. And uh, um, Ellie and Sophie, two of our dogs, just didn't care. Luna looked at it like it was possessed. So, because when you, when you pack everybody, this is an audio podcast. When you pack Grogu's head, then his eyes move and his ears move and he d- uses the force. And yeah. So anyway, um, sorry, back to our, back to pro back to you, Fredo. A uh, uh, few more things that uh, right quick. Uh, it seems like Disney plus is about to announce plans to offer a ad based uh, supported ad supported subscription service. So right now, if you have Disney Plus, whether it's through the bundle or just a single service, you pay for a fee and you get everything. Supposedly, this would be a lower entry point, lower cost entry point for families and parents. So like, if you don't spend seven, eight bucks, like in the last months, every streaming service has jacked up their price a couple of bucks each, whether it's Netflix or HBO or whoever. This is kind of like in the reverse. It's, hey, you'll get shown a 30 second ad for some Disney, ABC, whatever product. I think Hulu already does this, where they have an ad-based platform, which is like five bucks a month. And then if you don't want to see any ads, it's 10 bucks a month and you don't see any ads. So, but if you got a family or you're budget conscious, this might be a way for people who are still on the fence to kind of get on board because, you know, Disney wants to grow Disney Plus. Well, and, and Disney makes a whole crud ton more money by selling ads you know if they so if they still get the 10 bucks out of you and then they're getting probably another you know good chunk of change on top of that because they're showing a um you know jello pudding ad you know um so I mean, it makes sense however i'm it's kind of mm-hmm. funny with me it's like how, how many times have i like just skipped trial you know i don't want the i don't want the youtube premium i i just i live with the ads it's fine. I'll wait until the five second countdown and I'll skip it. But with my Disney Plus right now, it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to go to an ad based thing on that. It's it's just funny. I'm goofy that way. Mm-hmm. I just hate. I hate double dipping. Is what I hate. Like how do you? Get, I pay for a subscription and then on top of that, you hit me with ads. Like that's the that's that's where I don't want this to end up. And if that's where it ends up, I'm going to be annoyed and frustrated, but I'll They're probably gonna have to get off it. your lawn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll get, I'll get my old man hat on, you know, and I'll hike my pants up to my armpits and tuck I'll your shirt in. Sun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just frustrating. It's like if I'm paying you already, like, why are you charging me for the ads? It's like, well, we, because we can. Yeah. Um, we have the Sirius XM and we've had that basically since the very beginning. And again, mm-hmm. most of the stations are great, but the sports channels, they still hit you with the ads. And it, I'm like, I understand the DJ needs a break. He's got to get his thoughts together, line up the next, next guest, all that stuff. Don't hit me with an ad. Play Starway you know, to Heaven. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, or or an interview, a, a rec- pre-recorded interview, or you know, like there are ways around that. But no, it's money grubbing, and it drives me nuts. So I don't want us to have that be the case. But I think that's where we'll end up eventually. 
And the reality is they're always looking to maximize their profits and they know that the model works because they're so, it's already out there. So it, like I said, there's going to be somebody who's going to say, well, if you're going to hit me with the ads anyway, I might as well save a few bucks. Uh, talking about not saving a few bucks though. So by the time this comes out tomorrow or whenever, tickets for Star Wars Celebration will already have been on sale. They actually went on sale today, Tuesday, March 15th at nine o'clock in the morning, I believe. So if you wanted a single day Star Wars Celebration ticket, those are going for $75 for adults and 35 for kids. If you wanted the four day pass for adults, that was $195 for adults, $70 for kids. And if you wanted the Jedi Master level ticket, those were $900 for Anaheim Celebration. Uh, the other thing that actually came online also was the merch store for the celebration. So if you can't make it, but you still want to get the Star Wars Celebration t-shirt or the 20th anniversary Attack of the Clones t-shirt they're going to have or some of the other swag that's out there now for fans to peruse and merchandise away. Yeah, I mean, the Celebration is is cool. Um I mean, it really yeah, you did Chicago, right? Yeah, I did Chicago. And I've also, I did the first one in Denver and I also did the second one in Indianapolis. Um, and it's cool. Um, but I just, I mean, man, I don't, I don't necessarily want to fly out to California for it. I mean, you know, it, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's, no, and there's, no, there's also no. a lot, gosh, it was just like, you can't, you can't guarantee that you're going to get into a session and you might end up. So, I mean, I, I just caution people when you get this, it's like you get this ticket and then, you know, I was hoping that I was going to be able to, you know, see the, um, um, the rise of Skywalker, um, panel, but it's a lottery system, you know? So, okay. I didn't get in. Maybe you get in the overflow room where you watch it on TV. It's like, you know, so it's like, and, and and then you have to wait in line for that. It, it, there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of waiting in line for things that you might not get into. Um, so, um, yeah. The question would be, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about a four day weekend, Thursday through Sunday. I mean, is that something where come say Saturday, you're probably burnt out or done with, or do you think you're just, Oh, you can keep going. Not a problem. Oh, I mean, there's, it. there's a lot of cool things going on. It's all aspects mm -hmm. of star Wars fandom. I, I had no, I, I had the, I was just looking, I've got the five day pass from, uh, Chicago. Um, and you know, the only thing that's holding me back was I was getting, I was getting sick. Um, so, but I mean, but going, I want to go back to this, you know, it used to be people actually are clamoring for, we need to go back to where you can camp out overnight to get into the rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, I ain't there. I, I said to somebody the other day, I said, there is, there is probably literally nothing in this world that I would like camp out overnight. Well, I think we we're talking about Mardi Gras. I ain't, I'm not mm -hmm. going to camp out on, you know, um, Carrollton. No. or no. St. Charles Central Avenue Park. to have a spot for no there's nothing that I'm willing to like stay out overnight new Star Wars movie comes out if I don't see it on opening night oh well I'll see it on you know next Wednesday uh, you know and so like these conventions it's yeah I just I you know but then you're then you get the lottery system and it's like you might not get to 
go to the cool panels, but yeah. I think for me personally, I would never rule such a thing out. Like if I were like just wanting to do the camp out thing and, you know, see the trailer first or have access to tickets of some kind or whatever, it's like, yeah, I could see myself still engaging in that sort of activity, even at my advancing age. Um, because like maybe my kids would want it. Right. And we yeah. do it together. Um, so like I, I can't just say, Oh, well that's not something I would ever do, but like by the same token, but you know, I'm not 20 anymore, man. But there's I'm an easy, not. there's an easy fix to this. There's an easy fix to this. Like any music festival, um, you know, what, with the exception of, uh, jazz fest, jazz fest, they have so many and every band plays once. But like you go to the Kansas City Irish Fest and most bands are going to play one to two sets each day. So if you don't get to see them on Friday, you're going to be able to see them on Saturday and probably Sunday a second time. So you have this Rise of Skywalker panel, you know, or whatever, let's say the Obi-Wan panel, you know, it's like have that panel three times, you know, and so you get, you know, I mean, so you fill that place everybody gets a chance to see it and you're going to have people who want to, you know, see it first, you know, great. If you, I don't know if you want to set something up where you can like camp out or what, I don't know, but you know, I don't care if I'm the third person to see the trailer, you know, I mean, so I, I, I think there's, I think do, there's though. ways. Yeah. I know there are people that do, but I'm just saying, yeah. I think there are ways that, but, but I'm, you know, there are people who, let's take away the fact that Aaron doesn't want to sleep out overnight. What if Aaron can't sleep out overnight? Yeah. You know, what, what if, what if our friend, you know, you know what if you got, you know, somebody who has, you know, special needs, like, I mean, they just literally cannot. And so then they, you're excluding them from this whole thing because it yeah, is exactly. a, you know, you got to stay out overnight. So I get it that they do the lottery system, but it's like, just pay the people a couple more bucks. So they do the same panel three times and then people get to see it. So, I don't know. Maybe. Or even... Go ahead. I was just going to say, or even, you know, given the large nature of these casts and crew and whatnot, you could do, say, an Obi-Wan panel with Deborah Chow and a couple of the co-stars and do another one with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen and do another one. See what I'm, you know, like, you don't need to make the one panel. You could have multiple panels going through different days where, you know, say Cassian Andor, for Cassian Andor, you have uh, Alan Tudyk and uh, Diego Luna in one and have the creators and showrunners in another. So it kind of gives you a different vibe and a different feel. And if, you know, you also probably could stretch those out so that not one, you know, you don't have to feel like I missed out on seeing something or getting to hang out with somebody or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I think there are things that can be done but uh, I don't rule the world. So, you know, is what it is. If I rule what, the world. What about holding it in a bigger venue, too? Like, well, I mean, that's pretty big. Dude, the, the, Chicago, <laughs> the Chicago Convention Center down, it was, I mean, it, it was pretty big. I mean, and like, you're when not I was, talking about Soldier Field, though. Well, but I mean, you're. You I, could fill Soldier Field. I mean, you could. Yeah. You could. I mean, there's, the demand is there, so like rent out freaking Soldier Field, shove as many fans in there as you can, and then debut the trailer. You know, 
I don't know. Because there's so many people with spoilers and everything, and it's already on the internet. It's, I, I get the timing of it. It's kind of... Now, I will say it was cool when I saw the Rise of Skywalker trailer. I was on the expo floor, and they had it playing. They had the panel playing on the big screens because they had the, the Star Wars show stage. And there was, that was a neat experience because you were like just with a pile of fans seeing this trailer for the first time, you know. Um, so that part of it is is really cool. And it didn't matter that I wasn't in the, you know, the big room. I was still amongst a bunch of Star Wars fans seeing this. And it was really kind of fun. Um, but, uh, but I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would... And I know that one of the big polls is like it's in Anaheim, so that means you can go, everybody can go to Galaxy's Edge, and they're going to do something, I think, in Galaxy's Edge for. And it's like, but I don't know if that's something I necessarily want to do with, a, like, you know, some other uh, Star Wars fans with that much fandom, you know, to you know, it just might get a little, I don't know, might get a little goofy. Anyway, old man Aaron. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so Olman Aaron, uh, well, we spent last week, uh, last show, uh, talking about the uh, Star Wars Prison, aka Galactic Star Cruiser, and lo and behold, today I got I was reading the uh, article from the New York Post with the headline, "Disney's Galactic Struggle to Fill Star Wars Hotel." So prison. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, according to, uh, to Alexandra Steigrad from the New York Post, did an article from today. Disney's, uh, now they're called Disney's overpriced Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel is nowhere near selling out according to the availability calendar on its website. So guess how the, their pickup dates through the second half of 2022, almost every day in August, September, October, November, and December is available. The calendar shows, and there are many openings in June and July too. You know, I, I said to you when we were off, off recording um before we start recording like the, when they had their first behind the scenes or first preview of this um on youtube after people saw how cheesy things look they like had a bunch of cancellations to the point where disney pulled that preview i think this preview is going to become like you know legend like the holiday special um <laughs> uh, because it is, it's really, it just looks really campy and goofy, but um, a lot of people are like, Ugh. and so they, they canceled a lot of, uh, a lot of reservations. So maybe that's residual from this. Um, be, I also imagine, I mean, I've, I've been reading some of the reviews that have been coming out in the last couple of weeks as the, the actual experience of Galactic Circus has been disseminated. And by and large, the biggest complaint that everybody has is the price, the entry point. Because this isn't no, this isn't a hey, you're gonna drop two hundred dollars for a lightsaber that you get to bring home. This is five thousand dollars starting. I mean, that means it could go up to twenty thousand uh, dollars. Just the article in the New York Post does highlight, like for example, the stay at the hotel does not include alcohol. So for parents, if you want to drink, uh, it can run you around thirteen dollars for a beer, eleven dollars and up for wine, twenty three dollars for specialty drinks. Uh, it costs $99 minimum to hire own, a photographer for a portrait. on board. Yeah, to, to, for a photography, uh, for a portrait. Or if you want to sit at the head of the captain's table at the Crown of Corellia dining room, you'll need to cough up an extra 30 bucks. So 
it's like you're already paying so much just to get in the building, just to get in the in to have the experience. You have this very catered, very immersive experience where you have to be on all the time, and then you got to start coughing up even more money in order to uh, make stuff happen. So it's not surprising that people maybe having cold feet. I don't think. You know, it's interesting. We talked about you know that when we talked about this, uh, the Diz. You know, they said they weren't going to do a review because it wasn't on their dime. Well, they sent two people on their dime, and they came back with their with raving reviews. They said it would be worth every dime, and they would go again. Um, now, so take it for what mm-hmm. it is. I suppose it's just going to come down to what what you want to do. Now, again. Um, I could see it being a very special like thing for a loved one, but that love that the other loved one needs to be ready to play along. Cause from what I mm-hmm. understand, like we talked about is if you're not ready to play the game, then it's not going to be probably worth the dough. But yeah, I mean like bare minimum, that's the line that has to be drawn in the sand. It's like, I cannot, invest in role playing for 24 48 hours straight well then this is <laughs> not sorry. for my, you my brain just went to a totally different gutter it just i mean well if you're you gonna know. spend if you're gonna spend five thousand dollars on role playing i think i'd go for a different <laughs> you know somebody was talking about like going to lake como it's probably cheaper yeah you know um for any kind of role-playing adventure, you could have a good time there. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's one of those, it's its not for me. Um, it's just not. And so for, for me to sit here and say that it's not for anybody would be disingenuous. So um, that's sad. Imagine, but, though. Imagine. It's not full right now, and people can't get in. Like, I like right now people are canceling and I'm, I'm I'm seeing reports that people can't even call over there or get online on the website and take one of those open slots that from people that from cancellations um so I think like the rollout has been really bumpy at minimum like this could have been handled a lot better imagine you Kate and the three kids 24 grand no sorry let me do the math better 30 grand, right? If you're talking 6,000. Mm-hmm. Uh. There's no way. Uh-huh. There's no way. You know, like I, I spent an embarrassing amount of money on my wedding, but it was still less than the number that you just quoted. Me. <laughs> you could, you could my have wedding. Gone. You could have waited. You could have waited and you could have, you know, gone to Star Wars. Walked as such. Yeah. We're married at the Star Wars prison. No, do they have wedding they, packages? That's the question now, right? They expect that to be coming soon, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, I would guess. I, um, mm-hmm. So, are we ready to talk Obi Wan? Let's talk Obi Wan. So, kids, we're not going to play the trailer for you. Um, so, go watch the trailer if you haven't watched it. But what we're going to do is, I'm going to uh, be um, sharing a. A screen with the guys and we're just going to scrub through the trailer so we can see the visuals and kind of guide our conversation then we'll talk about what our um kind of key takeaways and stuff like that were um so i guess can you guys see things okay let me uh, let me do this so let me, do, yeah do, do. we can see it so we open up 
on a Tatooine landscape with Obi-Wan on an Eopi in the distance and like Superman rocks moving type of thing, right? Um, this shot grabbed me right away. This was, this. I mean, this looked like a movie, not a Disney Plus thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, th- and that was one of the things that we talked about in all the marketing would, that was impressive, was looking at how these things, how things are shot and framed and the production value is very, very high. It could, it could have been a movie. And, and if this is, if this is the volume, which it, I mean, man, they're, the volume's getting better kids. Um, it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder having Deborah Chow, who's been involved with shooting in the volume and shooting for Disney plus for two straight seasons of Mandalorian. If having her, come in we'll you know she's already got ideas on how to maximize and improve on it so mm-hmm. makes me wonder if that's that's an advantage so then we see obi-wan leading his eop in it's in some uh city street um guessing most icely you think possibly because he knows about it i mean kind of looks like most icely i don't know you don't uh, see any, any vespa so it's not most Espa. <laughs> yeah um, I mean, so nothing, I mean, we're just, we're just establishing kind of the look here, but then it's kind of interesting. He's, uh, he's like at a, is he like cutting some meat? Is that what's going on here? Um, or is he, <laughs> no, seriously, I think he's like, he's, he's worry about your meat. <laughs> I mean, but it looks like he's in uh, an almost, uh, I don't know, like he's doing his job. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it reminds me of Ray when she brought the those pieces that she salvaged, just going someplace in um, in Jakku and just you know going someplace to clean it up so she could sell them to Ankar Plot. That's what it reminded me of. You know, what it looks like to me is it looks like a customs line, like he's ready to travel like commercially, yeah. trying to like check his lightsaber or something. But uh, we this is when we get. Uh some dialogue well i mean it's him speaking it's uh, and obi-wan says the fight is done and the next line is we lost um as he's again very just walking riding his eop in the in the desert um who, okay so who do you think he is talking to the fight hmm. is over we lost Part of me was wondering if he was talking to uh, Uncle Owen, but then that thought that wouldn't necessarily make sense because how is he going to convince Uncle Owen to let him take Luke if he's telling him the fight's over, we lost? Uh, so then I thought maybe he's talking to another somebody else he knew from before the war. There's an there's an echo nature, and, good, and then they could be playing with a lot of this stuff. But all we can do right now is speculate. Um, it, mm-hmm. the, the the voice is kind of has a lot of reverb to it. It's very echoey. Um, my thought is he's either communing with Yoda or Qui-Gon. Somebody trying to convince him to, you know, do his job. And he's like, the fight is over. We lost. We don't have a, uh, we don't have a good list of uh, compatriots for him yet. We have a mm-hmm. long list of adversaries. 
but in terms of people who might be allies or people he would be bouncing dialogue off of just through the course of a show, um, we don't have a lot of candidates yet. Um, the Lars we know are in this, and we'll see some of them in a second here. Um, and to Simone, that- Kess- Simone Kessel, do we know who she's playing? Um, yeah. Yet? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And to your point, Dave, you know, these opening shots in this trailer are making you realize how alone Obi-Wan is. Mm-hmm. How isolated Which, and alone he is. Which is one of the interesting things that kind of came out in the days after the trailer. There's a whole article, I believe, on Deadline or Entertainment Weekly that said that they had to stop shooting because they found that a lot of the scripts were so negative so bleak that they had to go back and go no no this, this is a downtown this is a bad time but there's not you know we can't just go into the whole mystery aspect of having lost the the you know the clone wars because then people are just gonna be down all the time so then the next shot is the lars homestead in all of its glories um do we see the the gravestones are they there? I don't know if they're there. No, not this shot. Um, but uh, it's through a, through a viewfinder, through you know binoculars or whatnot, whatever you want to call them. And we zoom in on a little kid sitting on the roof of the hut playing vroom vroom. It's, uh, it's little Luke. It's kind of a... This is taking place, what? 10 years after the end of episode three, but it was thereabouts. Yeah. I think what Maybe nine, I think nine, I think it's nine, nine. Okay. So halfway in. So really this, this Luke right here is the same age as Anakin in the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is an emotional sequence. Just watching it play out in the trailer for me personally, like, Whoa, I had a moment where I just needed to sort of take it in. It was a lot. And then Obi-Wan says, stay hidden. As we realize it's him creeping on, you know, the Lars family. But I mean, that's what he's supposed to be doing right now, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But it's interesting who he would be saying, stay hidden to. Um, that, that, Again, to me, because, that to me that almost makes me wonder if he's speaking to another Jedi. I don't. I don't. Well be. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't think the previous lines of uh, the fight is over. We lost and stay hidden. I don't think those are in the same. In my brain right now, those aren't in the same conversation with the same person. I think this stay hidden is, you know, could it be a like a Cal Kestis for example? Could just some some Jedi that he runs into. He's like, you need to stay hidden. Oh, it could be a redirect. That that happens all the time in yeah. trailers. But you know, it, it's it's a really effective here as a, as a proxy for Luke. All right, moving along here. And are you surprised that the uh, Obi Wan mullet is back? <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 that's where my mind went to like Hermit in the Desert, it's scraggly. 
There's not a supercuts or a or a sports clip next door to him or nearby. Yeah, but I think if you lived in the desert, I think short hair would be a lot better. You wouldn't get all bunch of sand wouldn't get everywhere. Anyway, um, but I, I do dig the Obi Obi. I do dig the Obi Wan mullet. Um, and then the Lucasfilm logo comes up, and we hear Duel of the Fates. Everybody marked out for every reaction person. Everybody who saw it immediately went <gasps> like, and my, yeah, of course they were going to play that. Okay, but here's okay. Here's where I'm going to take issue with it. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Except for the fact of, hey, here's your favorite song, and we're going to get you jacked for the trailer. It may, I mean, previous to this, they're playing the the uh, music from uh, episode three. Was it Battle of the Heroes? Is that right? Mm-hmm. That yep. makes sense. Duel of the Fates. I always thought Duel of the Fates was a great piece that they that made sense for episode one. And then it was like in episode two, they're like, we got to plug this in because, you know, it was so cool. And it didn't fit when Anakin was riding his speeder looking for his mother. Um, it's George. And it, it doesn't it doesn't really work here. Um, because to me, that you know, I don't know. It's... Uh, it works for me only in regards to this is a continuation of the struggle of Jedi against the Sith. Like the battle is not done. This is just like an in-between, but this is the next chapter in a continuing battle that we'll see then Luke eventually take on. Oh, yeah, it, it worked for me. It worked for me on a visceral level as well. Like the music, when that music starts, you're like, okay, I'm on high alert. Uh, some stuff's about to go down. Uh, And to your point, Fredo, like, yeah, it immediately calls to mind prequel era story, prequel era characters, prequel. And that's what we got with Ewan. Um, And so it's like, it's a beautiful callback on that level alone. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you want to quibble over like, did it fit? Did it not fit? They were trying to elicit an emotional response. Yeah. And for me, it worked. Yeah. Like I said, that's a cool song. It's just... Uh, <laughs> um, it's a cool song with a lot of emotional but I, but attachment. I will, well, I will I will say this, though. Here's the thing that kind of gets on my nerves is that I hear, I hear these young kids talking about how the Force theme is overused and how we always hear the Force theme. And the Force theme, this. And then, but when they hear Duel of the Fates, they about pee their pants. So, you know, it's like, so it's my turn to say, okay, yeah, it's a good song. doesn't fit here. You know, um, I'm not against it. It's, it was just an interesting choice. And I think the choice was to get, it was like a wrestling, get a, we want to get a pop out of the audience. Got a pop mm-hmm. out of the audience. So to that, I also almost peed my pants. So to, to, that, to that end, you know, yeah, it served its purpose. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it actually appears in the series, but we move on, the dust uh, blows away the Lucasfilm logo, and all of a sudden we see, um, we start hearing the Grand Inquisitor speaking. It says, the key um, to hunting Jedi, as we have the uh, very Buck Roger-ish looking ship flying to the, what is it? The something Inquisitorious? Fortress, 
Fortress Inquisitorius. Yeah, they have that their, was they, they the, have their underwater fortress like the Legion of Doom. Um but <laughs> uh, which is on a moon of Mustafar. So you know who's next door. And these kids are you know, we're gonna we're gonna you're start gonna hear about uh Sith Inquisitors. Um and I'd recommend there's a lot there's comics you can read um uh, and learn about the Sith Inquisitors. You can watch Rebels. Um, and there's a lot of Sith Inquisitors in there from the get-go. You meet the Grand Inquisitor. He's the big baddie in um, Season 1 of uh, Rebels. But he says, the key to hunting Jedi is patience, which, it, which is interesting because that's a Jedi virtue. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, of course, he was a former Jedi. Um, Even a temple guard. Yeah. What did you, what did you, okay, so we're looking at the, uh, the Grand Inquisitor and bearing in mind that, you know, we talked about this before, how, um, like the cartoons are an artist's, uh, interpretation of real life. So the Grand Inquisitor from Rebels does not look a lot like the Grand Inquisitor that we're seeing here. Um, so it's not going to look A to B, but do you think they could have gotten it a little bit better? It's a few shots, but so yeah. The thing you were talking about earlier, which was like this is guy, this guy's from the same race as the dude on uh, Utapau. Um, from that perspective, I'm thinking you're probably right to point this out that it there's it's not quite as close, um, as that design had been. Uh, so this this looks a little different, um. And it's fine. Like you said, there's this artistic interpretation from animated to real life and back and forth. Um, but a little different. Yeah. What's going to matter is just how good the character is. And we see mm-hmm. another um, Sith Inquisitor in the background there. He's the dude that was in Rebels. And I'm not going to get into the, you know, fifth cousin twice the- remove or whatever it is. Uh <laughs> But um, the guy with the funny hat. The, yeah, the guy, the guy with the uh, Revolutionary War hat, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I believe that's the fifth brother. But yeah, fifth brother, twice removed. Um, twice so, removed. and they're, it looks like they're on the de- probably on Tatooine. Um, so let's see here. Then we get to um, a space bus. So we have another like. Public transportation looks like booking through the uh, through the uh, desert. This might have been what he was going through customs for earlier. Could be, could be. You take off your shoes, sir. Um, Jedi can't help what they are, and this is kind of an interesting shot where you see. I mean, Obi Wan sitting again on the bus. And nobody's talking. It's like it's like you're on the subway in New York. Nobody's talking to each other. Nobody's looking at each other. Um, but again, just how isolated he is, even in a crowd like this. Um, so Jedi can't help what they are. This is still the Sith Inquisitor speaking, or the the Grand Inquisitor. And then we get to their the Inquisitor's big meeting room, mm-hmm. and we see uh, let's see, one, two, three Inquisitors. We got a couple stormtroopers can tell they're underwater yeah we, i don't think we've gotten confirmation yet of which 
the main inquisitor that the, this trailer or this teaser focuses a lot of attention on. Uh, I don't know if we've gotten a name or a confirmation of who she is yet, but it's interesting that they're putting a lot of impact or focus on them as the hunters of Jedi. Mm -hmm. And to your point that you made earlier, Aaron, they're really, um, they're really fleshed out quite a bit better in the series rebels, which we talk about a lot on this show for good reason, because it's a great show. I don't think you're going to need to do the summer reading kids to enjoy this show, but this one might be watch, watch yourself some rebels. And I think you might appreciate it a little bit, a little bit more. So, mm -hmm. okay. So what'd you think about this shot here with somebody's feet dangling from the top of the screen made an impression on my kids made an impression on me i mean it was kind of like the you know the last one of the last scenes in book of boba fett when you know the mayor gets strung up um mm -hmm. this is this seems to be like straight out of like you know tombstone or something like that where somebody's being strung up for as an example yeah and i think that's that's part of the purpose it's to show uh oh we don't know if this is a jedi or we don't know if this is somebody who said anything against the empire it may have just been somebody who owed somebody money and uh but well, it's clearly that this is by design well yeah meant to elicit response yeah because uh the inquisitor is saying you know about the jedi said their compassion um leaves a trail and so mm -hmm. um so obviously it seems to me that it's like okay we know if if obi-wan if there's a jedi on this planet let's not even say it's obi-wan but there's a jedi on this planet if we just start kind of randomly murdering people they're going to want to come save the day and we're going to be able to snuff them out so here is the uh, Inquisitor I think you were talking about, Dave, right? Mm -hmm. She's in a lot of the shots and looking pretty... Yeah, Fredo was saying that. Yeah, yeah. looking looking and... pretty B.A. too. I mean... Yeah, like looking fierce. Um, you get to see her wield a lightsaber briefly later in the trailer. Um, I think she's I think she's our primary antagonist, if I, if I had to guess, the way that she's featured in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah staring at uncle owen staring at uncle owen uh-huh i did want to say though the dialogue here i really enjoyed mm -hmm. uh you know like on top of the the emotional pull of some of the Im imagery and the music uh this dialogue adds a lot because it's not a sentiment that is openly expressed a great deal in star wars um and and i like that it's like oh this is this is fresh dialogue i this is a new sentiment i want to hear that so as we see uncle owen here it's going to be interesting to me to see how they connect the dots from episode three uncle owen to episode four uncle owen who is <laughs> who has a very bad taste in his mouth about anakin and about obi-wan so anyway um mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of storytelling potential there which is like why would owen be as 
adamant as he is, you're gonna just here's your opportunity to show everybody he, why. And he may um, he may be that person of again. It, um, we see it in episode four. It's like you know. If, if, if we just if you just wouldn't cause a problem there wouldn't be a problem if everybody would just go about and do their business you know you know don't don't rock the boat type of a thing I think that's the type of character he's going to be that's my guess you know um, and, also, and also when you consider the way that things got left at the end of episode three was obi-wan leaves this baby this newborn child with Owen and uh, Baru and then we don't know what what the agreement was if there was ever a stated intent that obi-wan would have some for the child for luke maybe that was said maybe that wasn't maybe owen is at the point going like no we you know whatever we had agreed upon no this child is innocent and doesn't deserve to be hunted for the rest of his life so it's going to create an interesting conflict between them that we know happened because I mean, Obi-Wan tells us in episode four that, yeah, your uncle did not want you running off with old Ben. So now we uh, see a different planet. And I've heard a lot of people compare this to Blade Runner, and they're 100% correct. This does have these these nighttime shots have a lot of Blade Runner-esque qualities. Oh, neon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Attack of the Clones, Coruscant. Uh, feel uh, uh, and uh, some of that underworld stuff that we're supposed to get with uh, the bounty hunters uh, immediately came to mind for me here. So we got more of uh, our Inquisitor friend looking over the cityscape of this nighttime planet, if you will. And uh, then we got, looks like the uh, Inquisitor shuttle landing on back on Tatooine and the, the dialogue here, the Jedi code is like an itch. That's an interesting turn of phrase. Well, it's, it's a good way to say that, you know, the Jedi have been instructed and trained and raised. Here's the other thing. By and large, I mean, Luke and Leia are different from any other Jedi that's ever existed because for thousands of years, they were all raised from young age to stick their nose where it didn't belong to try to do good. And if you got that mindset, if you got that training, if you get that rearing, the idea of I'm vested with power that I must use for the betterment of people around me, how then do you turn that off when it's your detriment? When showing it will actually put you at risk and put others at risk. That's kind of the, the, the duality that Obi-Wan in some ways is having to experience here. It's His natural instincts are going to be run in and help somebody who's in danger but that's going to put you at risk so so um we've got a an imperial officer here um i i, I think i the look of this everything we're seeing so far this is i think going to do a good job at bridging the sequel the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy much like mm -hmm. rogue one did um, i think this is going to help with that um have no idea who this officer is um then let's see, we are back at our nighttime planet and there's stormtroopers and people in funny hats. Da, 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 da. Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. And there's Obi-Wan walking around in this. Is, is this the nighttime planet or is this like nighttime Absolutely. on Tatooine? I don't know. Um, 
but looking very Obi-Wan-ish in his cloak. And then we see a couple of interesting shots. We got a droid here. Um, kind of adversarial to the stormtrooper. What's that? Yeah, it's a new, it looks like a new, different design. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a destroyed design before. And then we get uh, I, okay, so guys, I'm going to I, this isn't stormtrooper armor. I think this is clone trooper armor. By the way, these thigh pieces look, because um, they're difficult. what's that? I'm saying difficult to get in on. Well, just uh, just the I mean just the just the way it's designed this is not stormtrooper armor um in this case and i don't know what's in his right hand there but uh did you guys have any guess on that because it was a different type of weapon i immediately thought like not stormtrooper so i went to the previous shot which was the droid that we had just seen and i thought this might be the bottom half of the droid which would make an anything and possible in the in his hand there but it's probably a gun of some kind it's kind of what i'm getting maybe like a flare of some type mm. so then we have some uh more nighttime looks like a fight scene type stuff and then we get the Based. spinny lightsaber sith blade you know the sith inquisitor blade um I swear if any of them fly away with it, I will have to like drink heavily. Um, cause that was the dumbest thing in rebels when they flew away. Uh, wow, it was cool. Oh. <laughs> Maybe they'll explain how. Maybe they'll explain how. Ah, oh, there you go. We need more explanation on our Star Wars, right? So now That's we right. have, uh, <laughs> We got uh, the the fifth brother twice removed or whatever, leading a bunch of uh, stormtroopers through that nighttime city, and we get the overlay of between darkness, and then we see um, even you know he, even he doesn't look like, and we're just guessing it's that dude, um, mm -hmm. but uh, even he doesn't look. Oh, like it's him! It's yeah. him! A um, couple escape pods, it looks like. It's kind of interesting. Um, then we get the uh, our lead inquisitor that we think the the lady from the opening shots using her blade. So there's a so between darkness and defeat. Now I've heard somebody say that the guy that she's confronting is uh, Sung Kang, one of the actors uh, who had, we have yet to hear what character he's being he's going to play. Uh, he's one of the guys from the Fast and Furious movies. Mm. So I wonder, I wonder, you know, if he's supposed to be playing like a Jedi or a Padawan that's been hiding. I'm just kind of scrubbing along here because, again, it's just some more fight scenes. I think, what, does Obi-Wan have a blaster? Is that right? In a couple of these? So yeah, lost. And then random space birds. Did I lose you guys? Yes. Oh, okay. No, oh, I'm here. No, no. I'm looking at yeah, the... we're just we're we're staring at your birds. Yeah, we're looking at the space birds. Uh, um, that, that's are a... they like space whales? I don't, I don't know. know. But uh, so between what well, between darkness and what darkness. was it? Defeat, defeat, and defeat. Uh, hope, hope survives. survives. So um, then we get another shot of 
Good old Obi-Wan. This is the first shot that actually made me think, okay, he's aged. I was surprised because the other shots of him, they were either distant enough or there was lighting that kind of made it look like it was still Ewan McGregor. I was like, we kind of left him at end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. This is the that last shot, the close-up, where you can see the lines around his eyes, the wrinkles. It's the first time I go, okay, this is a character who's now in between that moment of dropping off baby Luke and when we meet him rescuing uh, teenager, young adult Luke in A New Hope. So I will say... Doesn't uh, live inside, he's the thing. You know, as much as I gave, you know, crud about, you know, the, the duel of the fates there, I, this trailer did such a good job at, I mean, at really not giving away a plot, but telling you who the bad guys are, you know, and, you know, who your, who your protagonist is. And, and the music was, it, I mean, it was, it was such a cinematic um, trailer for a Disney Plus show. Um, I, I just thought it was really. Well, I thought it was, did they use? Thought it was really effective. I mean, they, it it gets you a little bit like, okay, we're gonna see some new worlds. We got these, you know, these those guys are obviously bad guys because they got red sabers and they're dressed all in black. And you know, it's like, and and the thing is, it looks like Star Wars because I see real stormtroopers, and you know, there's Imperial officers, but I'm not seeing you know, Java's door knocker or salacious crumb, you know, ready to be put on a spit, you know? Um, so I thought I just, I, I thought it was really pretty well done. Dave, what'd you think? It feels approachable, like familiar, um, drums up all sorts of nostalgia with the music and, the, um, the, the storylines and the dialogue. And, um, I, I found it to be the most effective trailer uh, I've seen for Star Wars property since probably The Last Jedi, um, at least since Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker teaser and the Rise of Skywalker trailer were good. Um, this is in that same ballpark for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a moment like, oh, oh my God, oh my God. Um, this is this is incredible. Um and, you know, I've settled down a little bit because I understand that the shows can be a little more uneven just by the fact that they're shows. They're not as tightly constructed. You're going to have a little bit of ebb and flow in terms of the quality. Um, so, again, tap the brakes a little bit. Uh, we can't get too excited here. Uh, but um, just a good piece of media this was. I mean, I was really, really impressed. I was thinking, I was just going to say, I find it interesting that they relied heavily on Duel of Fates, on Battle of the Heroes, and I believe the last piece of music was Anakin's Dark Deeds. So even though we did not see any sliver of Darth Vader, of Anakin Skywalker whatsoever, his shadow looms between the music and the Inquisitors who are under his command. So it's got to be interesting. And of course, they're hunting his whole master. Uh, you get I, breathing I, at the very end. Yeah. Too. Yeah, get a little bit of. Yeah. So I mean, so you know that he's coming, but we didn't get a shot of him, which I found interesting. Uh, it's really well done. It's really well cut. They obviously trying to hit at the emotional core, 
which for a teaser, I, I think it works great. You don't need to have all the answers. The show's coming in two months' time. You can probably put out another trailer in a month's time, you know, maybe around celebration time if you want to, just to remind people. But I think it's showing that there's they're taking it well enough, seriously enough to want to be able for it to connect between episodes three and four in such a way that it tells an, an, a story that's got emotion and pathos and uh, that people you know will connect to while not necessarily you know trampling on anything that came before so it looks good i was already gonna watch it so yeah. this only makes me more excited i will say because devil's advocate cynical side of of things my worry is because everything looked so good is did we see the spots that look so good you you mentioned you did oh, this isn't most Espa because we don't see the vespas you know there is the, we i mean we just that's, that's, with Boba Fett. that's that's my worry did we see the you know um the parts that they spent all their allowance on um my guess is probably not you know but there is that there is that worry the trailer you know you're not going to show the stuff that looks sketchy in the trailer they've also held a lot back in terms of the plot and like you, Fredo was saying no Darth Vader at all um like a lot of this stuff looks like establishing shot kind of stuff oh this is Obi-Wan what's he doing here maybe he's going through customs <laughs> here's Obi-Wan sitting on a bus you <laughs> gotta know, take like, your iPad <laughs> out of your bag sir <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, I mean, like, it's not like high intensity stuff that we're seeing here. So it's like they're not revealing too much. So we know that there's a lot that they are still holding back. And they're probably not just giving us all of their best stuff here. Um, like some comedies that shall remain nameless where you watch the trailer for a comedy and like the best jokes are in the trailer. That's just infuriating. Mm -hmm. So, no, but, I mean... Um, one of the topics that we were going to mention briefly, I think, was Darth Maul. Yeah, there was a rumor that uh, for a moment, I want to say it was the Hollywood Reporter came out saying that there was a period of rewrites. Again, during the same period where they readjusted kind of the bleakness uh, setting on the show, where there was a rumor that Ray Park had been brought in, have, may have had some shots, may have had some stuff done with the intent of bringing Ray, uh, Darth Maul into the story and that then he was later on cut disney actually came out actually i want to say it was like uh jose hidalgo i believe is one of the pablo, of the pablo, hidalgo. Came out. Pablo, pablo hidalgo i'm sorry he came out and said no nah, that's that's total bs that was never the case i'll be surprised if it was the case just because we already know from rebels that maul had no idea that obi-wan was on tatooine and uh you know, I think that would have been too much to bring in Maul into this story when it's so clearly focused. Now, they say this was before they decided to bring in Vader, before they figured out how to bring mm -hmm. in Vader. But, but I still think that the, the, that final encounter between Maul and Obi-Wan that Rebels has in season four is, is Jeff's kiss perfect. Don't mess with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. And, you know, the, and it makes more sense to have Vader be the ultimate antagonist here because that is just, I mean, I'm sorry. I could give, I, I could really give, you know, two rats farts about, you know, the conflict between Obi-Wan and Maul, you know, it's Obi-Wan and Anakin. That is the more interesting 
um, story and, and the story that has the most holes in it still that need to be, you know, and dots that need to be connected. Um, like you said, Fredo, the, the mall thing has been settled. They had their fight and, you know, mall's dead. Boom. There we go. Just leave it. Um, and if you're, if you're, if you're butt hurt because it was in a cartoon and not a live action, sorry, you know? Yeah. Spoiler alert for, we always telling people to watch rebels and like, yeah, no, there's, there's, there's some, uh, there's some good mall Obi-Wan conflict in rebels. So now that being uh, said in rebels, mall Maul is one of the best characters. I'm I, as, as much as in, yeah. in the clone wars when they resurrected mall. And I was like, this is dumb. I'm so glad they did because he is one of the most interesting Star Wars characters out there. Yeah. Uh, Total tangent. Did you see the the tweet that Sam Witwer put out when the trailer dropped? What do you say? Kenobi! (laughs) Kenobi! Uh, Yeah, so those... Between that, though, between the mall stuff and between the rewrites... um, about making it less dark and less bleak i feel like i'm thankful and i think kathleen kennedy gets crapped on all the time i think i'm thankful for her guiding the ship in that case because i don't necessarily want something i I don't i don't want overly bleak i don't want dark knight rises or dark knight i want more batman begins Mm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like they have these this hopefulness star wars does mm-hmm. about it rogue one has its place i love rogue one but i don't think every star wars story should be that way um and in fact the and majority even, shouldn't be that way and even rogue one finds a way to make their sacrifice of that crew memorable and light yeah not, not like being easy but light towards good meaning there's a Hopeful. there's a level of hope, hopefulness in that their fight their sacrifice gives birth to the rebellion or new life to the rebellion. So there's ways to do difficult times and hardship without just beating you the audience into all oh, life sucks. Just you know, don't watch anything else. Buy our merch. <laughs> and now we're gonna kill Obi Wan's parents <laughs> oh, and God. his dog. Yeah. Now, however, I do find it interesting. There was also part of that article, I think, is when it was Filoni's idea to have, um, he wanted Vader, I think. And then he also, but he wanted the Grand Inquisitor and the Sith Inquisitors to be a part of this. It's like, I, I, so he he's, he's created his characters that he wants to see, you know, progressed. And that's, that's understandable. That's understandable. But, um, um, you know. It makes sense, though. It makes sense if if we're talking almost a decade since the fall of the Republic, almost a decade into the Jedi Great Jedi Purge, it would make sense that at this point it's something that actually ties it into um, Jedi Fallen Order, is the fact that the Inquisitors don't stop hunting for Jedi and Padawans and anybody associated with the Jedi Order. They, you know, even though the war has been won and the Empire's in total charge they're still out there hunting them down. So it would totally make sense for the guy who got his legs cut off by a Jedi to still be out there going like, he ain't dead. You go find this guy for me. They would be after him. 
Well, we don't have long to wait, guys. May 25th is just it's, around the corner. It's getting close. Um, so, um, yeah. So let us know what you think of the of the trailer. And like I said, you can always bug us on, on Twitter or on Facebook. We like to be bothered at work with Star Wars stuff. You don't do it enough, guys. We need to, you need to bug us more. Um, but uh, until then, I think we will wrap things up for tonight. And we will say, who dat? Who dat? Who dat? And uh, everybody have a great week. Thank you.